Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Haidar. And that makes us your hosts, Olivia. Happy New Year! How's it going? Happy New Year! How's it's, how's it going? Oh, it's going okay. I, I miss you saying that. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's good. You know, I'm sick, uh, but I'm almost not sick. So that's the important thing. That's one of the best phases of being sick. Is the almost not sick, but still sick enough that you can be like, "Hey, I'm sick. Fuck off." <laughs> Right, yeah, like, I'm not, like, actively in misery, but I can, like, I have a valid excuse to tell people I don't want to do stuff. But nonetheless, here we are working on New Year's Day. I didn't realize this is, like, the officially observed New Year's Day. I thought they were just going to observe it on Sunday, but... What do you mean? You mean, like, like, federally? Yeah, this is, like, officially everyone's day off. Right. Except us, because we have... Well, that's... Yeah, that's how it usually is when the holiday lands on like a Sunday. Yeah. So we're recording this with a pretty big anniversary looming at the end of the week. January 6th. It's going to be the two-year anniversary of the Capitol riots. Yeah. Crazy that it's been two years. I know, like, obviously time passes or whatever. Fuck you. But, like, I, it's just nuts that it's been two years since that happened. It feels like, I mean, it feels like both yesterday and an eternity ago. So, yeah, it does feel like it was, yeah, you're right, both longer and shorter ago. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about the January 6th committee this week because conveniently, just right on the verge of the two year anniversary of the Capitol riots. The January 6th committee is finally putting out their final report, releasing their findings. They've done all of that. And we're going to talk about it. I don't know how comfortable I am with all of this happening right up against the anniversary. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if something is going to happen on the anniversary... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, nothing happened on the anniversary last year. So I don't think there's anything special about the two-year anniversary that would cause a repeat of it, except word coming down that, like, Trump won't be allowed to run for office anymore or Trump getting arrested. I don't know that that would happen this yeah, but like, yeah, none of that's happening this week is the thing. Like, even though, like, obviously there's been a lot of revelations and discussions from the report, like, that's not how fast the the, the federal government moves. Right. Not usually. This would no. be the one time where it's an exception. And they're like, fuck sure. yeah, arrest him on January 5th. It's like, man, wait till the 8th. Come on. <laughs> I mean, sure. I don't know. Like, if people are going to do shit, they're going to do shit. I don't think they, I mean, and also, I, I feel like, and maybe I'm totally misreading this. I could totally just be wrong. But it feels like most of the people on the right aren't 
like happy about January. It doesn't feel like a thing that they w- want would want to celebrate or commemorate. It feels like they're trying to move past it and get to the next crazy thing that they're going to do. I sure hope so. But I don't know. Yeah. Either way, there are a lot of developments to talk about when it comes to the January 6th committee. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode. We're going to just keep everyone abreast of the situation. I love saying it that way. Sure. Keep me abreast. Yeah. Do we still say that? Yeah, I say keep me a boob of the situation. (laughs) Keep me... And everybody's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, it's like a play on words, like breast, boob. Anyway. (laughs) So one of the first things that came down, the January 6th committee did recommend criminal charges against Mm -hmm. Trump. They referred Trump to the Justice Department for criminal charges for his role in the Capitol riot. Whether he does get charged or not is up to the Department of Justice. Yeah. And if they go for it, this would be the first time a former president would face federal charges. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I'll never believe it until literally it happens. It it doesn't matter how much it seems like that's what's going to happen. I've seen him get away with too much for me to ever think that he's actually going to get charged or something. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's... Interesting how much of our political system kind of mirrors the things that have been happening in Brazil lately Mm. with especially with Jair Bolsonaro rising to power like he was, you know, Brazilian Trump. Yeah. But they also had a situation where a former president was charged with a crime and like actually arrested and sent to prison. And he was hugely popular. But the only difference is he was more of an Obama type. Right. And Bolsonaro is a Trump type. But that guy, they call him Lula. I don't like they call him Lula to the degree that I don't even really know his real name. But (laughs) he has one. He's like president again. He went to prison, got out and ran for president and is now their president again. Good for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing he went to prison for was some bullshit. We've sure. covered it before. It was one of those scandals that involved, like, all politicians, and they were just like, oh, we can probably mm. just pin it on him and send him to prison. And that's what Classic. happened. But, yeah, I know it seems unlikely that the Department of Justice would charge him, but the attorney general did also just appoint a special counsel mm-hmm. named Jack Smith, if that is... <laughs> His real name. You should appoint someone else. You should appoint someone with a real sounding name. Like, no offense to Jack Smith. I'm sure he's fine or whatever. He might be totally evil. I don't know. But like. Oh, probably. Yeah. He's just got a fake ass name. That's a fake fucking name. Jack Smith. And I know there's Jack Smith. There might be a Jack Smith listening because the reason it's a fake sounding fucking name is because there's a (laughs) lot of you motherfuckers. Yeah. Yes. With all due apologies to Jack Smith's. Yeah. Get a real or sounding name. If I mean, get like that's this is the thing. Merrick Garland. That's a that's a tough to make up name. A, you know, that's a bitchin' name. That's not bad. It is. It's a pretty good name. But yeah, Jack Smith. But he has been appointed for this very reason to look into <sighs> the possibility of charging Trump over the Capitol riots. And now with well, the January 6th committee recommending charges. Yeah, 
it could be a thing. I mean, I obviously think that Trump should face consequences for at least some of the terrible things that he's done. <laughs> that would be nice. But it's just one of those things. I'll have to see it happen before I can believe it. I don't know. I want to say I'm not confident that they would charge Trump, but I am. I actually am kind of confident that they're going to do it because, well, I mean, you got to send the message, if nothing else. But also charging him and him suffering consequences aren't necessarily the same thing. Like he could no. be charged and then come out of it fine. Yeah, he could be charged and also come out of it like more powerful and scarier. Sure. Also, I, th I think I there mean, is a historical example of a Trump type pulling some shit and going to prison for it and then coming out the other end a little bit mightier. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Hitler. I'm talking about Hitler. <laughs> that exact thing yeah, but like, did happen with Hitler. Well, Hitler hadn't been Fuhrer. True. That is slightly different, I'll say. Yes. It's more like Napoleon. Okay. Yeah, either way. Not great. Yeah, not a good thing. I agree Trump should go to prison or face some consequences, but also, ugh, that's going to be a shitstorm when it I happens. mean, yeah. Well, there's no good thing that comes out of that or any sort of, I mean, it has to be done. This is the problem. Like- it has to be done, yeah. it, but what just it does that doesn't mean that it's going to end well, but it's something that must be done. Whether or not it will, who knows? The charges that he's facing, we should run through those. Mm -hmm. They recommended four different charges: obstruction of an official proceeding, and that is based on the riots' main goal, which was to delay or block the counting of the electoral college votes mm -hmm. conspiracy to defraud the united states that's also based on the plans to delay or block the certification but that's more the planning and build up to it hence the mm -hmm. conspiracy conspiracy to make a false statement it's based on a scheme to submit alternate slates of electors who supported trump to Congress from states that supported Biden. And the last one, inciting, assisting, and giving aid and comfort to an insurrection. And that one seems pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I have the same question here that I had about the one trial that eventually happened over Jonestown. Mm -hmm. The one guy who was charged, Larry Layton, was charged with conspiracy by himself. He was the only person charged, which <laughs> begs the question, who are the other conspirators? Because this sure. is Trump and Trump alone being recommended for charges. And it's like, well, who's actually? No, I'm wrong. I believe his lawyer, John Eastman, is the other conspirator. So scratch that. Oh. I just wanted to slip that Jonestown point in under the Couldn't door. Resist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I believe it's John Eastman, his lawyer, who is the other conspirator who is charged with helping him come up with this plan to send an alternate slate of electors to Congress. Mm -hmm. So here's a quote from the January 6th committee after recommending charges. We understand the gravity of each and every referral we are making today, just as we understand the magnitude of the crime against democracy 
that we described in our report, but we have gone where the facts and the law lead us and inescapably they lead us here. End quote. So what do we think? You think they're going to charge him? They should. I just don't want him to do it this week. Like, don't charge him this week. Let January 6th pass and then do it. I guess. I mean, it's not going to happen this week, so we're okay. There's just no way. But I also don't know that whether it happens on January 6th or not is going to play a role in whether his supporters subsequently riot over it. If he goes to trial and gets convicted and goes to jail, there's going to be some unrest. Yes, I think that's fair. We talked about it on this week's Unpopular Opinion, but that's one of the scariest things about Trump is he's almost the only U.S. politician right now that has that like royal family energy where if he died, there's going to be idiots like blubbering in the streets over it. Sure. Like there's not really. I mean, I guess like AOC, maybe like if she unexpectedly passed, I feel like. People would maybe get in the streets and be upset, but other like Biden, if she no was way. murdered. Yeah, yeah, but like Biden, no way. Like no, but also people on the left tend to not always be as idolatrous of their politicians as the people who are really into the populist right. You know, there's more of a cult of personality. But even uh, then, that's even even then, I don't think like. If George W. Bush, if he had died in office, like people would have been upset, but it wouldn't be like the outpouring of grief and anger and frustration that I feel like we would see with Trump. Like no one was going to storm the Capitol for George W. Bush. Absolutely. No, I don't disagree. I mean, I I know what you mean. And I I agree that Trump is different. Like he's got he he has this cult of personality that no other politician has in, especially in recent times, has been able to cultivate. And that's one of the things that makes him the most dangerous as a poli- – I mean, it's not his policies. I mean, he, he has terrible policies, all, obviously, but it's his ability to get people excited that yeah. is scary. And so, yeah, like I think if anything happens to him, it would go crazy. I don't think even if Bernie Sanders died, people on the left would be uh, sad because – one of our most effective left-leaning politicians will be gone, and we don't have a lot of those. So I think that would be where our pain comes from, not from specifically the loss of this person, because we see our our goals as being greater than any one person. Right. That's why we're hard on our politicians. But like Trump, people like Trump, and whatever policies Trump says— that's what people like. And it's just, you know, that, yeah, that, there's not an, an analog to that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it so concerning to me. But at the same time, like you said, got to do it. Like, oh, yeah. They, they kind of have to charge him. So, I've said that since, like, he, you know, he got into office under illegal means. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I've I've been saying it doesn't matter how bad it is. In the long run, or how few consequences there are, it has to be done, or else we have no moral foot to stand on. Right. Which Not that, that the United States... Yeah. I was going to say, that part's already a little shaky pre-Trump. Exactly. So, a few days after recommending criminal charges, the final report was released. 
845 pages. You read it yet? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was sick, and so I was like, I'll just, what, <laughs> what better way to get better than to read an almost 900-page the like legal document that'd be great if it's half as thrilling as the Mueller report sure i have no doubt that people well, will be on the edge of their seat i loved i say this every time the Mueller report comes up i love that there were politicians getting in front of tv cameras being like i read all of the Mueller report it's like motherfucker it's like 400 pages you of course you should have yeah read it goddamn well better like, why wouldn't <laughs> you read the Mueller report uh yeah, I mean, I think it's a kind of a, uh, an interesting sign of how the culture has shifted since Trump left office that this like the Mueller report was like a book like people it was like published as like an airport like oh, this paperback. is too. it is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can you can get it. It kind of looks like a Dianetics book. The cover is fucking jazzy. Yeah, it's like volcanoes and shit. Yeah, it looks like L. Ron Hubbard fucking wrote it. Okay, I missed that. So I don't know. Then it just seems like it's not making the impression that the the Mueller report, everybody cared about the Mueller report. Everybody had a fucking thing. I don't know. I think the difference here and one of the reasons we're not running through all the details of January 6th and the specifics of the riot is because it's so obvious. Like, I don't I don't need the January 6th committee to tell me that Trump incited a riot like the insights that they have, like in as far as the backroom workings and things are very interesting. But in my heart, I already know Trump did it and we saw it happen on TV. And I think that's right. Probably why it's not as interesting to people. That's fair. But yeah, that makes sense. It is interesting to me in that when I saw this unfold on TV, the impression I got was that it was kind of a spontaneous thing and Mm -hmm. that Trump just planned to have this rally that day and it erupted in violence. But it seems like that wasn't the case. It seems like there were at least some elements who kind of knew it was going to progress to that point. But also, if that's the case, they didn't do shit once it got to that point. I mean, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's ve- it, it is very possible that it's a combination of these things. It's yeah. a bunch of people with different motivations who all just were in the same place. Yeah, the, the Guardian called the final report, quote, one of the most damning official portraits of a president in American history, end quote. And I can, yeah. I can see that being the case because this is it's similar to Watergate in that with Watergate, Nixon recorded everything. Yeah. Like a fucking idiot. Well, also because literally every president recorded everything that happened in the Oval Office. That was one thing that he was actually not that much outside of the norm yeah. about. And these days, everything happens on electronic devices. And sure. it's very hard to shake that trail once you have created it. So we know like the text messages and the things that Trump was doing and saying on that day. And I think the most obviously damning part of it is that he never ordered the military to intervene or help, which on the one hand, you know, you don't want like you're, you're, you're walking a fine line when you, you sick the military on protesters. Right. But 
this was a little different. Well, I would say the the biggest thing is just the contrast between his reaction to this and his reaction to, say, the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020 and uh, people doing way less, way further away from government buildings, getting the National Guard and the like sicked on them. He tear gassed a group of protesters who were standing behind the barricade that was set up for them to stand behind. That's insane. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But like, you know, so I mean, on the one hand, like you said, I am not in support of the president calling in the military on protesters. And, you know, I don't like the January 6th events because mostly because they were stupid as fuck. But, you know, I wouldn't have wanted the military. That wouldn't have helped anything. But it's showing his very obvious on their face biases by his differing responses. Right. And I don't know that we would have wanted the military to just like come in and start shooting people. (laughs) Absolutely not. But it was also pretty clear the Capitol Police needed some help. They were overwhelmed. And I think that was more the thing. Well, half of them were fucking in there. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem, too, is half of them were fucking in on it. And that was one of the other concerns I read about. I don't think I put it in the notes, but yeah, Trump didn't call in the military, but there was also some element on that day that was like, don't ask Trump to call the military. He will call the military on his behalf. Right. He he will just send them in to fucking kill Congress or something. (laughs) So there was that element, too, where people didn't necessarily want Trump to have his finger on that button on that day, which was probably for the best yeah he i'm gonna say is not the kind of person that i would want commanding the most advanced military on the face (laughs) of the planet in the history of the world no it's just not the guy i trust with that job come on i know i know i know i'm i'm overreacting so this report basically just blames trump the this is a quote the central cause of january 6th was one man Former President Donald Trump, who many others followed, none of the events of January 6th would have happened without him. End quote. I think that's probably true. Absolutely. Like we were just saying, like, he's the only ideologue that we've got that could do something like that. And he didn't have to have that fucking rally on January 6th. No. Like, no. That, that, was, that was very, very avoidable. He waited something like three hours before he put out a message and called for people to stop. And here's the thing. That part is scary to me, too. The part where he just went on TV and was like, all right, cool it. And everyone was like, OK, we'll leave now. Like, right. That part's terrifying. So one of the things that the report found is that in the months between Election Day and the riot, Trump and his people made at least 200 attempts to pressure election officials, including at least 68 meetings, phone calls or texts, 18 prominent public remarks and 125 social media posts. See, that's the other thing. That's that's the other reason this isn't ringing as many bells as the Mueller report. We saw all of this like we know these phone calls happened. We saw the social media posts like it's good that all of this has been confirmed and put on the record in an official way. But 
if this is all they're coming back with, I'm not reading 845 pages to be told Trump tweeted a bunch about not losing the elections. Like, I know. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, this is the thing. Like, I'll let them read it. They need to read it. I don't. I'm good. I get it. They also recommended a congressional ethics investigation of Kevin McCarthy. Come on. No. What? That guy? Wow. So let's talk about a couple of other things that have come out of this that are obviously still Trump related, but not quite as Trump related. Sure. First off, there are some electoral college reforms that have come out of the January 6th committee. Oh. Like abolish. Cool, so they're getting rid of it, right? Yeah, I think. Are they abolishing it altogether? Let me check. No, unfortunately, that is not oh. what we're doing. Because that seems like it would have been the easiest fix if they were to just yeah. come out and say, hey, let's just go with popular vote. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, that's just never, it's never going to happen. I want, it needs to happen. It should happen. But like, there's way too many vested interests in keeping that around that it's just not going to happen. But. They did pass an overhaul of the Electoral Count Act as part of Congress's year-end spending bill. Senate approved it, too. Bipartisan support, baby. Yeah. Now it goes... So this we might need to read. (laughs) Yeah, we probably need to see what else is in here. It goes to Biden to sign off on. He's probably going to have to check with the Saudis first or something, but (laughs) I'm sure it'll pass. One of the changes is added wording... That makes it clear that the vice president's role in the certification process is strictly ceremonial and has no say in determining who won, which sure. that's that's good. That's the part that almost got Mike Pence hanged <laughs> last time around. So, yeah. So, yeah. Protect Mike Pence, I guess. I guess. Oh, good. Woo. Yay. Mike Pence is safe. That If you I don't know how much. Probably none. Of Mike Pence's account of January 6th, you've read, but it's actually pretty fascinating. Like, yeah, you can tell he kind of felt like Secret Service might kidnap him. Like he had (laughs) he has his own Secret Service. And that guy was like, all right, get in this car. And Mike Pence was like, no, I'm not getting in a car without you. Like, you are the only person on my side right now. It's (laughs) fucking intense. Yeah. They also raised the threshold required for members of Congress to object to certifying the electors. Previously, only one member of the House and Senate had to object to force a roll call. And it's a thing that happens a lot. Democrats did it to object to certifying George W. Bush and Trump both. But the difference is when Democrats did it, they had already conceded those races. When Republicans did it for Trump in 2020... They were like minutes away from the riots having just ended. Also, George W. Bush had legitimately been illegally installed as uh, president. And so I think protesting that was appropriate. Yeah, the Supreme Court gave George Bush that election. We still need to do an episode about the 2004 election. We can do like six. (laughs) Yeah, that was a legitimately shady election. And yeah. We didn't do shit about it. Like, not a thing. But that's neither neither here nor there, Republicans. We'll get to it. So now one-fifth of each chamber would be required to force a vote 
They also put a law in place that bars Congress from considering elector slates submitted by any state official other than the governor who was required to sign off on slates before they're sent to Congress. Hmm. And the new legislation also closes a loophole that wasn't used in 2020 that says a state legislature can name electors in defiance of their state's popular vote in the event of a, quote, failed election. You won't believe this, but up to this point, failed hadn't really been defined all that well. So you could, you know, get a governor who comes out and says, well, too many black people voted. So this is a failed election. Right. Let's send an alternate slate of electors. So now that can't happen. Cool. Also, abolish the fucking electoral college. Yeah, uh, we should get rid of it. It doesn't apply to our modern world. No, no, it really doesn't. But let's talk about this next story. This okay. is this is the story that it might be the weirdest to me. Sure. Or maybe I'm maybe I'm just overthinking it. Do you do you find any part of this next story suspicious at all? <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously there are a lot of weird and suspicious and shady things about this story, but the connection between a crypto guy and the Proud Boys is not especially shocking to me. I don't find that. I don't weird. find that part shocking at all. That's not the part that's, the, I mean, obviously there's weird shit. Because here's the thing. A crypto bro accidentally wrote the Proud Boys capital storming document. And that's the headline you're seeing is that a, right. a crypto advocate, they call him, you know, all, uh, they don't call him a crypto bro. That's that's me talking. But sure. He is absolutely a crypto bro. And that's what all the headlines are are saying is oh this crypto guy wrote this document and handed it off to the proud boys what they're not saying is that crypto guy was like a he wasn't cia but he was like (laughs) special operations and was being groomed to join the cia before he conveniently pivoted to crypto and none of the headlines are mentioning that part that a government official wrote the Proud Boys 1776 returns document as right. part of his like, like he says it was a private document that he just wrote as part of like some war game stuff he was putting together. Uh-huh. But it's like, yeah, you do that in your spare time. You sure that wasn't war like, games? sure that wasn't work related at all. Like what kind of war game involves this? I would love to know. Like it needs, like I don't necessarily doubt that, this was developed for a war game, but was it like a leftists have seized control of the nation and we must take it back war game? Because in that case, it's not like much of a defense, buddy. Yeah, he says he wrote it for like a, a war games type thing, but he was laying out a scenario where a right wing element could basically take over the government. Yeah, the document is called 1776 Returns. And we should, we should, the fucking right wing people, they're so (laughs) fucking nerdy. They're just such losers. Oh my God. (laughs) 1776 returns. Fuck off. Jesus. Meanwhile, not a single flute in that fucking crowd. Right? Yeah. This is 1776 returns. Where's the musical numbers? Huh? Where's the drums? Where are the fucking drums? Give me a fucking fife, man. And here's the thing. I bet there was. I bet there oh, was absolutely. some fucking LARP ass motherfucker playing drums in the fucking fight. 
wearing a stupid goddamn hat. Fuck yeah, tri corner hat, motherfucker. <laughs> so this document, 1776 returns, it is kind of the centerpiece of the conspiracy charges that Proud Boys leaders are facing mm-hmm. over the Capitol riot. And it's a document that outlined strategic plans for the takeover of U.S. government buildings on January 6, 2021, called for occupying several D.C. government buildings, three Senate offices, three Congress offices, the Supreme Court, and the CNN headquarters in D.C. Nerds. Yeah. Fucking nerds. Like, why just CNN? And maybe they're the only ones who have a building in D.C., but... Like, there's going to be I mean, other news outlets who don't agree with you. But, but, like, that's, like, CNN is the symbolic yeah. enemy. Yeah, I owned a CNN t-shirt for a while, and it's a fun way to, like, smoke out right-wingers in your <laughs> orbit. Because anyone who looks at you and goes, oh, you like fake news? It's like, oh, I know what, I know who the fuck you are. Yeah. Mm. Gross. I mean, like, yeah, CNN sucks, but they like, oh, not yeah, for they, the reasons that you're saying. Yeah, they absolutely suck. Weirdly, the Capitol was not on the list of buildings to infiltrate. Yeah. I would say, and I'm not a legal expert, but if there's one thing that would be a way to get these people like out of trouble, it's that. Yes. The fact that the Capitol building isn't on their like supposed plan. Right. It's shown in a Google Maps screenshot on the final page of the document. And we'll talk about the guy who wrote it in a minute, but that's kind of his argument is, well, he wrote like the the foundation of it. And then it got to the Proud Boys and they added all this extra shit. So that would explain the Capitol only showing up in a Google Maps screenshot, I guess. Right. I'm just doing a little bit of lawyer in here on this guy's behalf. Like, I'm not thinking that this guy is or any of the Proud Boys are innocent, so to speak. But that would just that's just the first thing that pops to my mind as like, oh, that seems like an easy loophole. Yeah, it's a five stage plan. Infiltrate, execute, distract, occupy, sit in. I'm guessing from where it is in the hierarchy that execute doesn't actually mean execute government officials. This feels like more of a protest than a murder plan. Just I was going to say, yeah, if it's if it's killing people, I feel like execute has to come after sit in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a weird de-escalation. Yeah. Yeah. By that point, like you should just move in if if you've <laughs> pulled off all that other shit. It's not working. Also, occupy and sit in are separate like yeah, steps. Those those are two two different things for some reason. But I haven't read the document. I'm not a proud boy. No. Nope. <laughs> that feels like such a weird thing. To I'm not a proud boy. It's, I'm an ashamed it's not boy. Only, not only is it a weird thing to say about yourself, like it's a it's a very stupid name. It sounds like something a toddler would say. <laughs> it's like you're, you're talking about that. Oh, who's a proud boy? But also it comes from Aladdin. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Like it comes from a song that was deleted from Aladdin called proud of your boy and they're like <laughs> they deleted that song so that boys wouldn't feel proud so we're gonna be the proud boys it's like you are getting upset about a deleted disney song <laughs> like, disney outtake 
Yeah, Jesus, guys. Wait, calm it. Calm the fuck down. Wait for the box set. It'll come out. Jeez. <laughs> so what's weird about this document is who wrote it and how it got to the Proud Boys. Like we said, a crypto bro from Florida named Samuel Armis told the January 6th committee during an interview that he didn't write the document and had no role in the planning or execution of the riot, but he said he did help formulate some of the ideas that the document relied on. Hmm. And what I find sus here, again, is that all of these articles just describe him as a cryptocurrency advocate. Sure. What they don't call him is a former State Department and special operations official who was, quote, groomed to join the CIA and FBI before his stint in the State Department and special operations. And, quote, he says the, cool. part, the parts of the 1776 document he recognized as his work were written as part of a, quote, wargaming exercise, end quote, that he did in August or September of 2020. So, you know, mere months before the Capitol riot, a mm -hmm. former special operations officer writes a strategic plan for occupying government buildings in Washington, D.C., and mm -hmm. he says it was meant to be a private document, but also that he shared it with a crypto friend named Erica Flores. Sure. And he said this is where the stories diverge. He says he just forgot all about it. And then at one point it he recognizes some of his thoughts and ideas in this Proud Boys document. What Erica Flores says is, no, this guy wrote it and asked me to give it to the leader of the Proud Boys. He knew that we were friends and he just asked. And I'm sorry, but the second one sounds more reasonable to me. Like, I think yeah. this guy just wrote this and gave it to the Proud Boys. Sure. Why not? I don't know. I mean, it does. It matters a little bit because it does. No, I'm not. I'm not dismissing it. It's just that, like, I literally have no way of knowing whether like which account of this is true. And I totally can like buy that he is the guy who wrote this, especially with his weird ass background. Yeah, it is interesting to me because there have always been those rumors surrounding the Capitol riot that the FBI wasn't necessarily involved. Well, I mean, I've heard the FBI was involved. Sure. Like all the way down to, well, the FBI knew that something might happen and just didn't really say anything. And I'm going to be honest, that is vintage FBI. If <laughs> nothing else, like we know the FBI by their own admission, there were like 10 FBI agents in the room when Malcolm X was killed. Sure. So they definitely weren't involved. They were just there as, you know, excited spectators well, to see it happen. Yeah. They've always had a interest in the black freedom. <laughs> was Sorry. I, I just yeah. keep every time this comes up, I think about that quote <laughs> from the FBI museum. Yeah. They've always been very interested in civil rights. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, it, yeah. You sure have. You sure have. And I don't know, this just kind of reeks of that to me also. Like this, this feels like, I mean, he's, he's the one who said he was being groomed to join the CIA or FBI. And yeah. we know he was working in special operations, which just sounds like domestic CIA, probably. Sure. 
And so, like, I don't know that someone in that position wrote this and then passed it off to the Proud Boys. It feels conspiratorial to me. Sure. But I know what you mean. Apparently, the January 6th committee did not see it that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out more eventually. Uh, yeah. But I, who knows? I mean, yeah, like, I, I no, nothing about this would surprise me if, yeah. like, more evidence came out. And the thing about the Capitol riots that always stood out to me is that it was, whether it was intended to be or not, it was a really great honeypot operation because given all of the cameras and all the facial recognition technology we have, like that was a great way to smoke out like the truly most radical elements in American politics and get them all in the same place where you can identify them and infiltrate their shit. Yeah. Although... I feel like if it were like this has been kind of my whole thing about the January 6th is that like if it were really the mo- most radical elements of the fringe, right? I feel like people more people would have died. Right. And so does that speak to there being some government involvement? Maybe. Because they did get right. They got right to the cusp. <laughs> they were so fucking close. And yeah. then it just like kind of stopped. There were moments where there were actually elected officials like up in the balcony areas. Yeah. And the rioters were just down there and like either didn't see the people up there or didn't care that there were people up there. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So let's talk about the big question. Sure. Here. Can Trump still run for office if he is convicted of a felony, goes to prison Will that bar him from running for president in the future? And here's the thing. Probably not. No. We'll link to an Ohio Capitol Journal article written by a writer named Stephanie Lundquist. Really well written. Goes into all of the ins and outs of this question and all the possible scenarios. But the first thing they point out is the simplest, which is that the Constitution is pretty clear about what the requirements to run for president are. Mm -hmm. And they are... No person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. So the newfangled way of saying that is you have to be 35 years old. You have to be a resident. And you have to have been a resident for 14 years. That's it. That's it. Yep. It's all the Constitution says. Doesn't say anything about being a convicted felon. No. And I'd like to say, I think that's good. Yes. I don't think being a convicted felon should bar you from running for any office, especially president. Because especially with our fucking justice system, that should just not be uh, something like it's. Weird to say that when we're talking about it in the context of Trump, who obviously sucks ass and I would not want running to be able to run for president again. But like we have no reason like I I just don't want to ever be the person saying, yeah, if someone's a convicted felon, they shouldn't be able to run for office. Absolutely should be able to absolutely should be able to vote and have all the rights of a citizen. Agreed. The article also points out, though, that the Supreme Court has made it pretty clear that Congress and or the states have no authority to alter the qualifications for holding public office 
they point yeah. to a 1969 ruling. Nice. After the House of Representatives barred pastor and New York politician Adam Clayton Powell Jr. from taking his seat in the 90th Congress, they wanted to ban him because he diverted campaign funds and made false reports. Supreme Court ruled they couldn't do that, and Powell was allowed to take office. And so it seems like if it comes down to it, I mean, of course, the Supreme Court is going to side with Trump anyway. Like yeah. as as it's currently constructed, but it seems like historically they're just going to side with Trump also. Yeah. But there is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which disqualifies any person from holding federal office, quote, who having previously taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. That's the one that might keep Trump from running again, because yeah. that is one of the charges, is giving aid or comfort to an insurrection. So if he is charged and convicted of that crime, according to the Constitution, he should not be able to run for president again. And I think that's fair. I think that's a, a wholly different matter than being a felon. Yeah. Like, this is very specific circumstances. Yeah, it's way different than you have DUIs on your record. You can't be president. It's like, right. sure you can. Why not? Very different thing. Right. So even then, that's probably going to go back and forth in court. Sure. If it happens, he could still run even if he is in prison. That uh, is a thing that's happened. In 1798, mm -hmm. House member Matthew Lyon was elected to Congress from a jail cell. Eugene Debs, who was the founder of the Socialist Party of America, ran mm -hmm. for president in 1920 while serving a prison sentence for sedition. Yikes. <laughs> and won more than 900,000 votes. Hell and yeah. Lyndon LaRouche's crazy ass also ran for president from a jail cell in 1992. God, I forgot. About Lyndon LaRouche, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, we did an episode about him. He was he was a real character. I know a comedian whose brother like fell into the Lyndon LaRouche cult. Weird. Like, wrapped up in it. Yeah, that's you don't expect that like now. Like <laughs> right. in modern times. Did Lyndon LaRouche die? I don't even know what that fucking guy looks like. I have no idea if he's still alive. Well, the people need to know he died in 2019 but olivia the movement carries on oh good <laughs> don't worry i was i was worried so yeah it seems like this unless he gets literally charged with insurrection is probably not going to keep trump from running again but right if he was in prison and somehow got elected the vice president could always just like 25th Amendment him. So sure. we'd have that going for us. But also, but, there's no way Trump is winning an election in 2024. I think all of this, like it's interesting legal talk, but I don't think anyone's under the impression that Trump's going to win an actual election in 2024. Good. I don't I think we have hit the point in history where he's not going to get the Republican nomination like they would be out of their minds yeah. To not nominate Ron DeSantis. The way he performed in Florida, he won like 118% of the vote. There's no way. But but like DeSantis against independent Trump, I don't think stands a chance. 
Well, that's the thing. I do feel like Trump will run as an independent. Sure. And if that is at all close in the end, there will be another Capitol riot. There will absolutely. It'll just be directed at Ron DeSantis, I guess. But like, and also like, there's no way if Trump runs again that his vice presidential pick would be someone who would 25th Amendment him oh, no, if he was in prison. No. <laughs> well, I don't know, because Trump is going to pick some evil fuck face. Like, I think it's right. going to be like Carrie Lake or Marjorie Taylor Greene. And in that case, sure. I don't trust them to not stab Trump in the back if he's in prison. Maybe, but I feel like anybody, first of all, he's going to be very select. I don't think we're going to get another tr- Mike Pence or somebody, you know, like somebody I do think so it, straight. I do think it's going to be Carrie Lake. Maybe. But like, I the thing is, like, I, I feel like anybody who, they're not going to backstab him because they know that he's where the power comes. It's much easier to work, like, exercise power through him yeah. than it is to try to take his power because you can't. If you backstab him, his followers are not going to be on your side. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, it's I was, I was just offering it up as a possible solution. I don't think it would actually happen. Sure. Yeah. But again, I also don't think Trump is going to win an election fair and square, even if he runs as a third party, because there is a big cult of personality around Ron DeSantis, too. Yeah. And Ron DeSantis is going to be offered up as a moderate alternative to Trump, which is bullshit. He's not moderate in the slightest. Like he is Trump. The only difference is he doesn't dispute the results of the 2020 election. The bar is so low now that like that makes him moderate compared to Trump in a lot of people's eyes. And I tell you where he will also get secret votes is he'll get some votes from people who maybe consider themselves like Democrats or more liberal leaning, but who also feel like woke is getting a little out of control. He'll get votes from them, too, because that's Ron DeSantis's whole thing is Florida is where woke goes to die. And great. I'm telling you, he will, people won't be vocal about it. It'll be that like silent majority type (laughs) shit where people are like, yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not voting for Ron DeSantis. And those motherfuckers will secretly vote for Ron DeSantis just so like white dudes get more representation in movies going forward. I don't know, but maybe DeSantis is, he's, he's going to be a dangerous candidate in 2024. I mean, obviously, he's an evil piece of shit who uh, should be strung behind a horse and ridden through the country. But like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. As for whether like Trump would take the election or I don't know, do something to seize control, maybe. But he I like with Trump, I could also just as easily see him like being a lazy bitch about it. Because he like those are the two wolves inside of him are power hungry, egomaniac and a lazy bitch. And so, yeah, he just he hates to lose. That's the problem. And yeah, I don't know. I just his base is so fucking unpredictable. That's it is. That's I agree. The whole thing. And they're so committed to him as Mm -hmm. a person that like any 
like if it comes to pass that he is charged and arrested, like that's going to be the thing. We won't have to wait until 2024. Like, yeah, that will turn into that's where the protests will come from. And then it's kind of like, you know, the NFL playoffs, like it doesn't matter how bad a team is. Once they get to the playoffs, there's a decent chance they might win the Super Bowl. And if you get to the point where enough people take to the streets because they're mad that Trump isn't going to be allowed to run for office, it's kind of up to the military at that point. You got to hope the military makes the right choice and sides with the government and not the people. Uh, I feel weird even saying that, but I don't know about any of that. But I, I will mean, say how, that's how coups happen. Like it. No, I know. I understand comes down to who the military sides with. I absolutely I understand that. Uh, but I will say that it's a good thing that we have uh, such a strong incumbent in. Uh, oh, wait, <laughs> Joe Biden. Fuck. Well, we Why also did we elect Joe Biden. We also have that system of checks and balances that will keep Trump from ever taking power. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's been really good at dealing with him in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's taking care of everything. So, yeah, I guess we'll see how this week unfolds. Uh huh. Got that anniversary coming up. And uh, yeah, this is this is a story we'll keep following. Obviously, this is a this is a big one. And uh, yep. if you've read the 845 page January 6th committee report, please report back to me and Olivia with what's in it. Actually, don't, because we'd have to just no. verify it for ourselves. And, oh, at that right. point, might as well just read it, you know? <laughs> like a bunch of lames. Go to the library, push our glasses up. Oh, books. Mm-hmm. reading books about the government. Uh, Look, sometimes my glasses slip to the base of my nose, and I need to push them back up. Can't help it. While I'm correcting someone's point about Marvel movies. I can't help the timing. <laughs> So I think that's our episode, right? I think so. I think we did it. We're uh, talking about some equally heavy subject matter next week on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A bonus episode about a documentary Mm. that uh, we've covered one of them. We covered the first documentary on the Pretty Scary podcast. Me and Cindy Aravina covered it. And uh, Olivia and I are covering part two of right. the Sir No Face documentary, this one, Two Face the Gray. And uh, yeah, if you can believe it, the name uh, makes even less sense than <laughs> uh, Sir No Face. So it that's sure great. does. It sure does. So uh, be on the lookout for that. That'll be a bonus episode coming out next week. And uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? I am doing comedy again for the first time since COVID. I have a show February 3rd at the Sardine in San Pedro. It is a punk rock club. There is a banging taco truck across the street. Very neat venue. Tickets are going to be cheap. They'll be on sale soon. They're only $5. I'm going to be on it. Jeff May will be on it. Tiff Myers is hosting. And we're still booking more comics Danger and Countless Thousands are doing a, a set. So uh, come out Hell for yeah. comedy and music, please. And uh, that's all I want to plug. How about you? What do you got? Uh, we've got Going Back, uh, our Lost Rewatch podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rounding third, heading into home. 
uh, finishing up the season pretty soon, and then that will be free for everybody. And if you want to get a head start on it, uh, check out the Conspiracy the Show Patreon page. Do that. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.